You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And special guest here, we have Avizia Bikini, a performer, dancer, uh, entertainer, everything avizia welcome to the something rather than nothing podcast yeah thanks for having me yeah absolutely and um i start off with the 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 big well a big question is uh so you're born uh, is there something about you as soon as you're born that you're an artist well i used to joke Funny enough is that this was a joke before I became a professional entertainer is that I came out of the womb on a motorcycle with a leather jacket (laughs) (laughs) because I was a punk rock teenager and that was like, you know, at the time that this thing was created, that was my identity. I was like a punk rocker. But the idea is that, yes, I came out of the womb like with a purpose and just ready to like you know, charge into the world, uh, full blown. I obviously as an infant, I had no idea what was going on. Um, but maybe, uh, somewhere in like my body or spirit, there was, um, a divine, uh, recognition of what my life was to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I we we had talked a little bit before popping on here, Avizia, and I, I think we agreed to a certain randomness and a back and forth about our about the about the questions. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a, a question that I, I think if I don't ask it now, I'm gonna actually forget to ask. And in a lot of your uh, performances in everything that you do, you like roll around on roller skates with such grace as if like you're walking and stuff like that. Like, how is that, like, let's, before something rather than nothing, how the heck are you able to maneuver on roller skates like that? Um, Well, I'll just start out by saying that roller skating is not easy. Um, It's not a skill that, it's a fad now, which is funny because everyone's like, I'm going to be a roller skater. I'm going to buy roller skates. And I'm like, go ahead. And then they get out there and they're like um, a baby dealer, like Bambi. Um, So it's not easy. So to become an athletic roller skater or any type of person who's comfortable on roller skates takes quite a bit of time and effort. That being said, I would say the first year I was on roller skates, I was not good. I was that baby deer out on stage, um, pretty much fake it till you make it. And that's what I did. Um, And the reason I started roller skating um, is because we lost our fire permit to perform with fire while working at Devil's Point. And as I, and I don't want to get too much into that story, but in the short, fire was taken away from me, which was my identity as an entertainer in um, the sex industry and the strip clubs. And when I went to work after not being able to use fire, I was like, what am I going to do? And um, serendipitously, I had purchased a pair of roller skates from a friend that I took to work that night. And I remember going into the dressing room and looking at my skates and saying, well, this is it. This is what I'm going to learn to do. Um, so the stars were really aligned in that. But I was not good. I didn't have great roller skates. I didn't know anything about it. 
Um, and I just went up on stage and was like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. The, um, <laughs> I, I find it in a, it's in a, you know, a question or two later. I mean, uh, the, I'm on the show, uh, I'm very interested in like the aspects of live performance and how, at least for me observing how tremendously, you know, difficult and how exposed like you are in, 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 in performing that I will tell you one roller skating story. I made the one mistake that I, when I was about 13, I went on a date to a roller skating rink <laughs> and I had never roller skated. So what, like, I'm like, okay, so for a date, you obviously want to be impressive, right? It's like, no, teach me how to roller skate. And the, the punchline is I did not know how to roller skate and never could. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time you ever did a first date on roller skates. <laughs> that is the like first, last date, the whole thing with, <laughs> with, with roller skates. So, um, so uh, we're going to bop back and forth between like the, the conceptual and, and learning about you. But I want to ask a big question um, uh, early on here as a big part of the show is um, what is art? Like I see you as like uh, like incredibly gifted performance artist, uh, live performance, like a lot of times people think of a piece of art as, you know, like that painting and obviously you can point to point to the Mona Lisa and say what that is. But mm -hmm. I think when there's like this kinetic energy and stuff and like movement and performance, I think people get a little bit confused. So I wanted to ask you and how you do things. What is art? Um, that is a really great question that I think has an infinite number of answers that are all equally correct. <laughs> um, I suppose art to me is um, the manifestation of creative ideas that have been influenced from a person's life. So, uh, and that's why it's different for each person is we all have different backgrounds. We all have different upbringings and parents and, um, things that cause us joy or pain and suffering. And these um, reside in our, in our minds. It's very cerebral. You know, we think about our art and sometimes we don't think about it before it comes out, but it's the art that we create is the manifestation of all of those influences. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the personal that's built into that. Cause I feel that a lot when I talk to, when I talk to, to artists or talk about art is I'm going to see particular things that art because of my, my, my background. Um, uh, following up from that, Avizia, uh, what do you think the role of art is? This question's come up a whole bunch, like recently, I guess maybe, maybe a little bit more pointed during the pandemic and kind of like this social upheaval where, you know, my, my observation is that art is super important or could be viewed as being kind of like unnecessary. Like people are dying. Why are we concerned about art and performance, that type of thing? So what do you think the role of art is? It doesn't have to be right now, but like, what do you think art's supposed to be doing for, for us? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we go to watch a movie at a theater, for example, it's an opportunity for us to get out of our own lives and, um, experience something else that has nothing to do with us. 
and there is an escape there. And uh, I uh, talk about myself as an entertainer, as an experience creator. When you come to see me, I'm creating an experience and presenting a show for you. And in that moment, um, you are allowed to either enjoy it or not. <laughs> either way, um, something's happening where you are either hyper-tuned into your life and um, really connected with what's happening in that moment or not. And that is also like if, if you like the art or not. Same thing when you look at, you know, if you go to a gallery and you look at a painting on a wall, you're like, I really like this painting. I'm identifying with this. I like the colors. I like what's going on here. And you start to feel something internally. Um, so that in our lives, um, just if you just look at it as an escape from our lives in, in, in general, that is extremely important. It serves yeah. a lot of I, other purposes as well, but just that one thing I think is very important. Yeah, and I, 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 I know over time I've attached that piece kind of like thinking about myself at like 10 or 12 years old with like War of the Worlds or science fiction, just like reading there being like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, let me, let me, let me be a citizen of like this weird place for a while. Right? Yeah, I mean, why, like the gaming industry is huge huge and people will zone out and escape their lives almost to uh you know a fault it can be very dangerous to become addicted to these things i mean porn is the same way you know you got drugs and alcohol it's the same way um but it's doing something inside of our bodies it's like doing something yeah. to our brains and how we think about the world and about life and I had a boyfriend years ago who was so critical about art. He said, if nobody likes it, is it still art? And I used to laugh at that. Like, well, yeah, somebody could create a piece. And like, let's just say that collectively zero people in the world don't like it. Except for that one person. But yeah, it's still art. You don't have to like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, on that, I wanted to jump in on a, a particular, you know, particular question. Um that, that I'm interested in. And I want to just quickly tell you why I'm interested in it. It's kind of like the element of um, shock or bringing attention, uh, you know, that I know you use as part of your art. And I, I kind of, you know, I work in the labor movement and I find that like, if things go their natural course, then we kind of just kind of lose ground. So it's not like I try to shock, but I try to do something to disrupt, to bring attention uh, to something. Now, when you, when you when you use like just the whole uh, per, uh, performance and when you if you use that type of like attention grabbing and in 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 shock is it really important for for art to do that uh for you because a lot of time people think of art as being a little bit more maybe it's the escape or maybe oh i feel better by looking at it and i think performance wise you say right at you. So what about shock? Right. Well, that's um, an, an interesting element that you can bring into uh, your art as well. Um, I don't think it's always necessary. I think it's kind of like, who's the artist? What are you trying to say? What In what context it is? I like shock and I like um, kind of, I, I like, I liked it more when I was a, a younger entertainer. 
I liked offending people because to me, that means that the person watching me is thinking about what's happening. And if you don't like it, well, why don't you like it? You know, my Jesus puppet, for example, I do that in strip clubs and people would be like, walk out of the strip club when I have a Jesus puppet going down on me. They're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this. I'm Christian. Um, how dare this naked woman shove a Jesus puppet in her vagina? Like, okay, well, wait, there's so many things that you could talk about here. Like you could talk about the fact that you're in a strip club and what's wrong with what's wrong with a puppet show? What's wrong with like being Christian? Like, what are we actually like talking about here? So when right. somebody is right. shocked in a performance or watching an art piece, it's a great opportunity to really like reflect on where that shock is coming from. Is it coming from an idea that you adopted from your parents as a child about the way you think that things should be? Is it coming from uh, an insecurity that you have? Like, oh my God, I can't believe that this person is showing their butthole on stage. I would never do that. Oh my gosh. You know, like there's right. Um, right. a lot of different ways that shock can be used. Um, but if it's causing the person to think a little bit, I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel that like, you know, for me, it's important that like my art, my performance doesn't actually like hurt people like that. It has to be in like the greater good. <laughs> Right. Right. I was, you know, I think there's, um, I, I'm always very intrigued by like the ideas of, of art and, and performance art that kind of, that pushes the viewer in a bit more. So like one example, I think, and I, I don't remember the name of the art piece, but it was almost like a formalized like art room and the pieces themselves weren't wild or eccentric or shocking. But what was interesting was that you actually had to walk by, I think it was like six or 10 or 12 naked men and women who were closely lined prior to going in it, going into the exhibit. And it was provocative of, of intimacy of being like, I just want to see the paintings that are over there. I don't know how to run. I don't know how I to run the gauntlet. This. <laughs> I, this wasn't part of the entry pass that you told me about. Um, but just in, in that sense, I thought of similarly of like placing folks in the proximity of others and being like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. How am I supposed to access the art? Are the naked people the art or is it those paintings over there? I don't know. <laughs> and I, I really I really liked the amount of questions that that type of thing broke up. And think about, like you said, how many people are just going to leave? They're going to go up to the line and be like, well, not my bag, not going to run the gauntlet. So um <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting thing that I've thought about for a while, that physical um, yeah, I, proximity. You're given an opportunity to dive in if you decide. And you, yeah, and yeah, obviously yeah. you can leave it any time. Um, you know, we, uh, there's, we talk about when you're like in the front row of a, a show, you're kind of in the splash zone. So it, in a way it's consent to be, part of what's happening and that's why a lot of people don't like sitting in the front they're like i'm just gonna sit back here and observe and some people are like i'm going in i'm going all right wait a second Avizia. wait a second how big is the splash zone for everybody to know <laughs> <laughs> well it depends on it depends on the splasher <laughs> i would say uh you know it could be it's definitely the first row definitely the first row I think the second row gets a little bit, third row, 
Third row is like, they're, they're, maybe they're like the undecided. They're like, I want to be in, but I'm still hesitant. <laughs> yeah. You, um, I wanted to ask you uh, a question. I think that comes up with, you know, live performance artists and, you know, um, you, you know, your use of your, your body in your art and the vulnerability, um, within that, is that, is that something like every time that you do that, do you feel like you have to like get over this like performance bit to be able to be, you know, exposed and open that way? Because that type of performance for me, what I'm focusing on is, is so completely different than the tangible object I've created. And I put it, there's a painting behind me. That's a lot easier for display, nothing wrong with it, but for you, you're part of it. So how's that work out? And what's that like for you as, as being part of the performance art? Yes. Well, I, I, um, Having, if I would have had a conversation with my 15 year old self and say, Hey, one day you're going to be naked on stage in front of a lot of people and you're going to like it, I would have been like, Fuck you. You are not even the future. <laughs> How dare you? You sassy 15. <laughs> yeah. Because I was very, um, I was very insecure. Um, as most people growing up, everyone has insecurities, right? Um, uh, and it took me, a while to understand my comfortability being on stage and what it was to be nude on stage. And my best friend started stripping before me. And she said to me, she said, look, once people see you, that's it. They can't see anymore. You're just there for them to look at. And I said, well, okay. So it just has, you have to get to that point where you're just naked. Okay. Then you can see me and then, okay. And then move on from that. So for me now, getting naked on stage is quite not a big deal. Um, and because it's not a big deal, I'm able to just simply be naked on stage and perform. And on another side of that, I think that it's under um, noticed. It's, it's not noticed as much with, with when people go into maybe a strip club and they say, wow, the courage or the bravery it took for this person to just get naked and stand in front of me is quite a bit. And then on top of that, they're doing pull tricks or doing it acrobatics. And I'll tell you what, like being, being on stage and having like a mishap and falling down is, Oh shoot, I just fell down and doing that naked is a whole different thing. Like <laughs> fall on your ass naked in roller skates. That's like, that's a full fall. You got it. Like you have nothing left to do but to laugh. There's no like embarrassment just can't even happen because you're like, well, this is my job. I signed up for this. <laughs> I might fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the things I wanted to mention to you, Vizia, is I I know um uh I know you you, you perform sometimes uh, with a group I, I think Isaiah and Johnny and Boyerism, mm -hmm. and um, one of the things uh, I I'm just kind of like publicly mentioning is I think like my uh, my my episodes have been like definitely like hetero like white male and um, so maybe this is kind of a public thing like Boyerism's welcome on the on the yeah. show. Um, <laughs> Because, because I think, uh, you know, for for me, it's the the performance art, and I can openly say, you know, at first, like seeing that on the Glitter Tribe documentary, of which Avizio was in Glitter Tribe documentary, that they um, 
that I was like, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen a, a black male, like, you know, like in, in, in dancing in, in that way and men. And um, I thought it was like just really fascinating to ask these type of same questions. So anyways, I know they were, uh, uh, you, you dance with those folks sometimes. And if you have a great uh, time mention to them that something rather than nothing is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that voyeurism um, is one of, in, in my opinion and in what I've seen in Portland, it's one of the most celebrated shows that is being produced in Portland right now. And yeah. if you've ever seen the show, you know why. I mean, that crowd is just in it and they go there and they know that they're going to have the, the best time and they're going to see just outstanding entertainers who are going to bring 110% on stage. Um, and... Johnny and Isaiah who produce the event are also as human beings, some of the most kind and compassionate people. So when you get, when you have this, you know, these people that you just love for who they are and then like what they do and then that combination is just like, it's, it's yeah. a great and incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's actually, that, that's that you know, no one, there, there's nothing yeah, worse than like an, an extremely, yeah, like it's, it's like there's nothing worse than an extremely talented person who's just an asshole. Like you're like, oh my God, you're so amazing. And then they're just a dick <laughs> and it just destroys <laughs> the talent. You're like, oh man, well, okay. But, but there's also- It feels like, like a brick wall. Yeah. yeah, like, but also if you're like that talented, you have to be nice. Like you're just, you know, I guess not. But that is not the case. Well, how do them? Yeah. Well, how do you? How does? How do? How does the audience have anything left after boyerism in a vizia? <laughs> well, I, well, on the contrary, I think that they're more fulfilled. Like it's you don't you don't walk away from those shows feeling empty. You are like filled up. Yeah. Your love cups overflowing. You yeah. know, you might be like uh, Yo Quiero Mas type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want some more. I want some more. Um, so um, I got a, another kind of like a bit of an origin type of question, like the artist one. Um, it's very general, though. Uh, Vizia, who or what made you who you are? Wow. I don't think I've ever been asked this question um, be, and so, yeah, there's, or what? there's a, there's maybe quite a few layers here. So if I, my first influence would be my family. Um, my parents allowed us to be very creative and independent. I'm the youngest of four. So I was always, you know, the child who's like stubborn. I'm going to do this on my own. Um, and uh, I get my work ethic from my pop. You know, he taught me to work hard. And he, get that, he gets that from his dad as well. You know, you work hard to get the things in life that you need to survive. And you um, have loyalty to your family and uh, your friends. And uh, my mom was also a very hard worker. She was a homemaker. Um, so she stayed home and she took care of all of us. And she um, was very nurturing in all of our needs. So... Um, having an environment to grow up in where I was so supported and being like an absolute weirdo is really where it started. I never had anyone 
tell me no, except for my brother when I said, <laughs> I said, I think I want to be a model. I was like 12. I was like, I want to be a model. And he goes, well, you have to be pretty. <laughs> and my mom was oh, there and she dang. laughed. And I remember like thinking, oh, I'm crushed because <laughs> I never saw myself as like a pretty person. I was a very awkward teenager. Um, so that was the first influence in, in, in developing me into who I am. And um, just exploring all the weird things I did in my young adult life and um, going to underground shows, I, you know, Portland in the early 2000s was incredible for the type of performances that we would see, house parties, like weird stuff. Like I didn't know what Buto was. When I first time I saw Buto, I was like, what is happening here? Um, but myself as an entertainer is simply an exaggerated version of who I truly am inside in my core. When you see me on stage, it's not somebody else. I'm not playing a different character. Like you're actually getting me and all of the exaggerated mm -hmm. weirdness that I have. I like that distinction too, um, because I think sometimes we see parts of ourselves and be like, I want to be like really funny and entertaining, at least in my head, if I <laughs> Sorry, exaggerated, <laughs> <laughs> if I exaggerated like this quirk, like this quirk is like really <laughs> entertaining, at yeah. least to me. Let, let's see if it is for others. <laughs> right. Well, and um, my, my superhero um, name is the exaggerator. So I have, right. so, so I am the exaggerator and my catchphrase is watch me as I impress you with less than you thought I could do. So <laughs> I'm taking, like, I can go on stage with nothing, nothing and make a show out of it. Literally naked with nothing. I think we're like teetering on the edge of the why is there something rather than nothing question, but I'm going to leave that for just a tiny <laughs> bit. I think you were just teetering, oh, yeah. uh, te <laughs> teetering uh, on it, on it there. Um, well, you know, one of, one of the things I, I wanted to, um, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know what, let's go into the something rather than nothing. I'm going to do it now. Like, this is the question. This is the question where people like, either get a little frustrated or laugh or say like, I'm tired of this interview, but it's a great question. So uh, I got to ask, let's ask it now. Evizia, um, why do you think there's something rather than nothing? Well, I'm not so sure there's something rather than nothing. And I don't okay. feel like I have enough data to, <laughs> to, to scientifically answer that question. We're um, starting with data, Evizia. We're awesome. <laughs> uh, so... Um, you know, I am a very introspective person. I am a deep thinker. I like questions like this that are ongoing that like in my lifetime and in our lifetimes, we will never actually really have the answer to it. And I think that questions like this are really fascinating, um, because we can explore a lot of different variants about it. So, um, why is there something rather than nothing? Well, existence is something so that in itself is not nothing um and why are we here i mean like what what's what the yeah. fuck is going why on? am i asking are we question? in a simulation was... well a simulation is something 
like our experience is something like, am I real? Fuck, I don't know. I could be a total simulation. I mean, I'm a good one, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, the the video simulation is working. It's completely working. fine. Yeah. <laughs> if I start glitching for a second here and then and come back, I in, did. Then you'll never. I did do it. a minute and a half interview, which nobody knows about. Uh, not nobody, maybe a few people. I posted it on my page, but it was within. I gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot my AI friend's name. I forget her name, but mm -hmm. she's an AI, and I asked her these questions. So it was a minute and a half interview. So I have the AI answers to these questions. Uh, oh yeah, I want I want that information because I don't know. Like, I mean, what does it all mean? Why are we here? Like, these are really like deep questions. So something rather than nothing. You know it. it I don't know. And I don't care if I well, know or not. Like, that's another thing is like, sometimes yeah. I don't need answers. Like, <laughs> you can get to that point. I, I have that attitude too sometimes. Like, you know, I keep, you know, asking particular questions over a hundred times on a show is a, is a, you know, a form of eccentricity. And I think the ultimate funny piece about it is we we all know we all know that we don't know or at least that's what I feel like yeah. <laughs> you know I could ask it a lot more but I might not be no I, I get uh, great answers in different ways of uh, thinking about it and particularly with uh, creation I got a different type of question for you Avizia because I have to ask it and um so you use fire in your act um and let, so let's let's big question because we're talking about elements right fire what like do you have a cool fire story from <laughs> from from your performance? Oh my gosh, do I? I have a bunch of fire stories. Like they're all like this one time I burned myself. That's how they all start out. This one time I burned myself doing dot dot dot. Or, <laughs> or this one time I thought it was a great idea to do dot dot dot. Um <laughs> you know, there was a time I want to say it was like 2000 um I think it was about 2006 and I was doing quite a few shows and we had been, had a film crew from BBC out and they were filming us as fire fetishists. And um, we were, you know, show after show after show after show and being a little reckless in it because we, you know, we want to do our best and, you know, we would light our nipples on fire and like do um, transfers across our body. And one uh, during that week, my nipple had like a scab on it from being burned oh, no. so much. You um, poor thing. So that's a notable story of, uh, you know, working with fire. I should think about the questions I'm going to ask when you don't know the, the answer to the question, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope it's okay <laughs> with, like saying like scabby nipple and butthole and all this stuff. No, it's <laughs> no, this is totally, I mean, look. <laughs> Part of my thing is at the beginning of the interview with you, Vizzy, I'm going to be like, say whatever you want. But I th actually thought that was superfluous because <laughs> say what you want. <laughs> yeah, say what you want. But yeah, fire stories. So, but here's here's another thing about fire. So, in and my journey with it is that I started out as a, a poi spinner. And for those of you who don't know what poi is, it's basically the, the fireball that is at the end of the chain and you spin it around. So that's what I started with. Um, and I got my first set of point in um, 98 or 99. So 2001, spring of 2001 was when I first got hired 
to be a fire performer in Portland. I got my first gig. And at the time, I didn't know that it would be an occupation. In 2004 or five is when I started learning the art of fire eating, which is what I primarily do now. I, I very rarely do poise spinning. My I'm mostly doing fire eating now. So since then, I did the, a calculation of the amount of shows that I've done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of follow along on on my phone because I have to do the math for you. So yeah, for yeah, about I'd ten like years. This. When I, you know, was working at Devil's Point, so about ten years, I worked at Devil's Point, and um, I was doing fire shows. At, uh, you know, first it started out as Monday nights, and then we were doing Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, so three nights a week. So um, every time I would go on stage, I would put a fire torch in my mouth on average fifteen times, sometimes more. So let's just knock that average down to 10, just shits and giggles, follow, follow along with me. So let's say every yep. time I go on yep. stage, I yep. put a torch in my mouth five times. I would do about five to seven shows a night. So let's just go, let's round it down. Let's go five. So every night I put a torch in my mouth about 50 times. I was doing that three nights a week for... 10 years. So how many, how many weeks are in, in 10 years? I got to do the math. Okay. So let's three, three nights, 500, three nights 500, week, yeah, 522, weeks. right? 52 yep. weeks in a year. So three times yep. a week times 52 weeks, 15, 1,500. So every year wow. I'm putting a torch in my mouth about lowballing 7,800 times. Let's times that by 10 years. I've been doing fire for 20 years. So now we're at 78,000 times I put a fire torch in my mouth just for this particular job. That's not including private parties, other gigs, you know, fireworks, like practicing, like anything. So I'm probably, I mean, definitely over 100,000 times in my mouth. I would actually say that I've done it closer to 200,000 times because I, wow. I teach it and I've done all these gigs. So I, and so yeah, keep in mind that's only for 10 years of my um, 15 years of fire eating. So Vizzy, if that's not something rather than nothing, <laughs> what, the, what the hell is? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, geez, what do the people want, right? Yeah, what else do you want from me, guys? I mean, like, <laughs> what 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 dedication to to art and performance do you need yeah. from Abyssia? Yeah. And, that, and, then, and then countless burns and like singed hair. I mean, like, but you know, it's an, it's an excellent job. I am overjoyed at the fact that I am able to do this, um, you know, still unique performance, even though there's a lot of dancers out there and there's a lot of fire performers out there. I'm still able to do this and make a living at it. And I'm turning 43 in a couple of weeks. You know, when I was 30, I retired and I said, oh, I'm getting too old for this, especially like working in the sex industry. I'm like, I thought that being a 30 year old stripper was old. And then I came back to work and I had this aha moment and I said, oh my gosh, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I made a goal. I said, I'm going to strip till I'm 40. And I did. And now that I'm like going to turn 43, I'm like, should I, should I strip till I'm 50? What does that look like? Because yeah, my body is fine. I mean, it hurt. You know, sometimes yeah. it hurts, sure. But I could totally you're, you're do still, it. You're still a kid at 50. I'm still a kid. You know? Yeah. I, mean, come on. I could totally I'm, I'm, do it. 
I could totally- I'm 49 and look at what, I mean, this zany stuff I'm up to. So man, in the next 10 over. years, you're 59. Yeah. Yeah. 49. 49. I was going to say, you don't look 59. What the heck? Well, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And the, the listeners don't know 70. this is, this. the listeners don't know this is video and, and thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you're like a solid 35. I'm going to give it that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This wasn't pre-planned. The exchange wasn't pre-planned. Well, if they're not looking at us, and they then I can pretend like I'm totally naked right now, and so are you. And there's other weird stuff going on in the background. They wouldn't know right now whether the premise of something rather than nothing is. They wouldn't know. They actually wouldn't know. So sorry, listeners, you don't know what's happening on video. Well, all right, Vizia. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say. Well, I think they trust us by now. I think they trust They're us. believing everything that's coming us. out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, Avizia, I have, uh, I want you to take the time here um, to tell listeners and audience ways to find you, social media, performance, what you do, what you'd like to highlight. Um, let the listeners know how to encounter the art of Avizia Dakini. Sure. Well, I'm pretty easy to, to find online. Um, Evizia is spelled I-V-I-Z-I-A, Dakini. So it's Evizia. So everything is EviziaDakini.com. Evizia Dakini on Instagram. Evizia Dakini on Facebook. Evizia Dakini at gmail.com. Um, and if you spell my name wrong, I'm sure it would just come up. <laughs> it, would, it would probably autocorrect and direct you. Uh, but what's interesting is back in the early Google days, you know, when people say, oh, I'm going to Google myself and see what comes up. Yeah. So when you would Google Evesia, the Google would say, did you mean evil? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I did. Uh, now it says, uh, well, now I come up, but it, it'll, it'll say, did you mean Ibiza or Ibiza, you know, but. Uh, Talk about a nice uh, philosophical question, right? Anytime yeah. you Google me, you encounter evil. Yeah. I'm relatively easy to find um, all on the social medias. Uh, the, the most challenging thing is like, well, how the heck do you spell her name? So just, just give yeah. it a shot. Just, <laughs> just try it. It starts with an I and ends with a an I. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Vizia, um, I've, had uh, a great pleasure talking to you uh, about these questions and um, I really appreciate your time. And um, honestly, uh, you're such a wildly entertaining and, and fun person. And uh, I, I just like, just want to thank you for popping on, you know, my strange show and like talking some cool, like art and, and philosophy. And just wanted to let you know, it's been a, a pleasure to meet you. And I'll tell the listeners just, um, uh, if you type in Google and you end up with evil, that's 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 an old search. Yeah. Or just <laughs> type evil and say, "Did you mean Evizia? <laughs> Did you mean Evizia Dakini? Because she's the top five. But um, I, I it's great it's great to meet you. And um, I'd watch. I just want to thank you for yeah. On the show. Thank you. Um, it's awesome. I love that you're doing this. I love that you're um talking to all the weirdos and and keeping us alive. And um, I appreciate you as well. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Um, I've quite Thank you. I appreciate myself. your words. I, I, th I think that's kind of what I'm doing. So thank you for, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> yeah. capturing that. Um, thanks so much, uh, Vizia. Uh, great luck and uh, to the best of your ability. 
uh, no burns, right? Well, we'll see. I got I got seven more years as a stripper eating fire, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Avizia. We'll talk soon. Thank you. This is something rather than nothing.